Everything we're about is sharing the story of God. What God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. We are the people with the God stories. We are the people with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and making us a part of his story. Last week, we had a, a great little God story shared by Terry Bagoon. And it's interesting how the Holy Spirit shows up. The Holy Spirit shows up in different ways at different times. Terry had been literally in tears praying in a parking lot, uh, in the Walmart parking lot. And before she even got into Walmart, the answer to her prayer... And you know, sometimes God does that. Sometimes you pray a prayer, and, and sometimes the Spirit answers immediately. But there's a, there are so many other ways, and, and one way that the, the Spirit often interacts with us is through an interruption. Like you're on your way, and you're about to do something, and you've got this tunnel vision, and then this interruption occurs. And we got a great God story this morning about that kind of interruption. And uh, I'm just going to come on up. <laughs> this. Oh, I could juggle these. Let's see. This is at an airport. And it's just an incredible story of how God can work. Thank you. So my story is how God used me through the Holy Spirit to answer the prayer of someone else. I was at the Orlando airport. I'd been there for several days for a convention and was uh, ready to go home. Was there with some co-workers waiting to board the plane. And they came, the desk agent came over the loudspeaker and said, if someone could give up their seat, we have a, an individual that needs to get to, back to Chicago. And if someone could give it, up your seat, we'd like for you to come forward. And I just went on about my talking with my friends like I'm ready to go home. Uh, in a few minutes, uh, the gate agent came back over the loudspeaker and said, we have someone who is in desperate need to get back to Chicago if someone would give up their seat. And I immediately, without thinking about it, walked over to the gate agent. I left and just walked over there. And I think the spirit was, was taking me there. And I said, I'll give up my seat. And she said, well, sir, I have to tell you that I can't get you out tonight. Uh, it'll be tomorrow before you can leave. And I said, well, I'm not that flexible. I have nowhere to stay. And so I guess I can't do it. So I walked back over to my coworkers. And uh, at that point in time, I had looked over, and there was a lady that was just distraught that was standing by the gate agent. And that's what had really captured my attention. She was just distraught. And I knew that that must be the lady that needed to get back to Chicago. And so after I walked back to my coworkers, this lady approached me and she put her hand on my arm and she said, please, sir, if there's anything at all that you can do to help me get back to Chicago, please, she said through her tears. And again, I immediately just, without thinking about it, just went back to the gate agent and I said, if you can get me on of standby, on the first slot of standby for the next flight, then I'll go ahead and take that risk. And so she started typing, and she typed. And I don't know what all they're typing, but it takes forever. And after she had typed for a while, she looked at, up at me with kind of an amazed look, and she said, well, I can confirm you on the next flight. 
and it's in business class. And she was amazed by it herself. I think God did that. And she handed me my tickets. After I walked back away, back over to my friends and just told them goodbye, the lady who was taking my seat walked up to me with a roll of money and stuffed it into my pocket. It had a rubber band around it. And I said, no, I don't want your money. I didn't do it for your money. And I left and went to call my wife and tell her that I was going to be about four hours late getting home. I was so emotional about this experience that I could hardly talk. And in fact, in telling the story now, emotion comes over me because God used me, I think, uh, to, his, to his glory. Thanks. Thanks. And we're applauding God because he is worthy of our applause. You know, you just go through life sometimes and it's, it's tunnel vision and, and then God shows up and everything changes. Everything changes. You know, I, man, talk about in, interruptions. You know, God, God sends people into your life. Um, see a friend of mine, John Goma, sitting with his wife, Abby, they're, uh, they're at the Legacy Church, and uh, he doesn't often get away, but, um, well, you talk about a Holy Spirit thing. Like, I was, I, I, I had tunnel vision the morning that I, that I met John, and you talk about a Holy Spirit thing. Sometimes God puts people in your life, just in your path, and it's like, pay attention, folks. Pay attention. Let, let, let's pray. Let, let, let's go to the Lord. Lord, I, I pray that, uh, that you'll challenge each and every one of us this year. Like this is the year at Singing Oaks where we believe that there is more. And we want more. And, and we pray in the Holy Spirit that you will expand our thinking, that you will lift our spirits, that you will cause us to reach out for more, that you'll, you'll cause us to take the risk that gets us out of the safe place and out of the rut and into life. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful you've showered so many blessings on us that we... We, we just, we don't even keep track, and we need to. Lord, I pray that you would speak a word into your people this morning, that you would stretch us, that you would give us more because there is more, and the more that we want is more of you, more of you. And we pray this. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen. There is more. With God, there is always more. And I want to speak to this, this morning into that more. I want to talk about imagination. You know, imagination is an amazing capacity. Imagination is a godlike capacity capacity. Imagination is a, a capacity that we are born with, 
that little children just, as soon as they can walk, they have this capacity to imagine. And imagination is godlike. It is godlike because he, he is so imaginative. And when we imagine, we're able not just to imagine the past. We are able, God has put it in our souls that we can imagine things that never were. We can even imagine things that are not possible except through him. What's the best thing? that you could imagine this morning. Think about that for a second. What's the best thing that you can imagine this morning? Anybody just want, got something you just want to shout out? Something that you just could imagine and it would just be absolutely amazing? Now go ahead, that wasn't rhetorical. Yes! Ah, peace. Peace. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's not possible. Not going to happen. Not going to (laughs) happen. Someone else. Healing. Healing. Yeah, unity. Unity and healing and beautiful things. Anyone else? Patience. Patience. Be careful what you imagine. Imagination, it is godlike. We can dream of the stars because God put that into our hearts. And I really believe because God has, God has made it clear to me that this is the year to dream. That it's safe for me to dream. That God wants me to dream. That God wants me to think like a young man. And that things are coming this year to this church by the power of God that are going to blow us all away. I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. There's a passage of scripture, Proverbs 29, 18. I'll read it to you from the King James, just like Paul wrote it. Well, it is a beautiful translation. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. How many times have you heard that passage? Where there is no vision, the people perish. And you know, that, that's often used as like as you write as you're ready to roll out a new program. But there's something very important from the, what the Holy Spirit actually said here. That word vision is the Hebrew word for a revelatory vision. Not just a human vision, it is a a vision given by God. And it's saying where there is no divine vision, that the people perish. 
that we need the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. We need God to reveal himself to us just as surely as he revealed himself to the prophets that came before us. That the dreaming did not stop when the book was written. But the book was written so that the dreaming could commence. You know, Paul. Paul could do so many things, but he sure could pray a prayer. Like that's, that's on my to-do list this, this, this year, to, to take each of Paul's prayers and to pray each of those prayers for this church. Because like you talk about vision, you've got all the vision that you could possibly want if you've got the prayers of Paul. And Ephesians 3 is a doozy. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, Power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, amen. (laughs) Amen. I mean, if you believe that, you can't help but cheer out loud. You need the Holy Spirit to fire your imagination. And that's what Paul is calling us to here. And it's not about what we can do. It's not about good old American can do. It's not about good old pragmatism and like we can do this thing ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. It's about stepping into the impossible. It's about stepping into the spiritual. It's not about what we can do in the natural. You know, without something that isn't yet, you're not fully alive. All you're doing is the same old thing over and over again. What you're doing is you're just settling. You're just settling for whatever. Man, in, this, in this, this world, there are so many marriages that have turned into that. You know, you're a husband, you're a wife, and it's just the same old, same old. Or with your kids, just the same old, same old. And God is saying, let me be your God. Don't just do the same situation over and over again. You know, I don't know how many of you, uh, you, 
Maybe if you've read a lot of Christian marriage books, you might have heard of a guy named Danny Silk. Anybody ever heard of? He's pretty, pretty well known. He's written a number of books on parenting and particularly on, on marriage. He has an interesting story. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. He, he grew up in anything but a Christian home. From the age of 15 to age 21, 35 different men lived with his mother. That was the kind of environment. That was his world. That was his reality. When he was 15 years old, his grandmother gave him condoms for his birthday. That was the reality that he came from. And then at age 21, he came through the doors of a church, a church in Weaverville, California. And he said, I, I'll quote him, I walked into church and I saw husbands who loved their wives and they'd been married for decades. And I had never seen that before, but now I knew it was possible. It's about our imagination. It's about a divine imagination. It's about the Holy Spirit bringing life into us. Like we have to dream. You know, I, I wonder, like many of you, I'm sure, you have uh, read books and then seen the movie, right? Um, how many of you, um, pr well, prefer, what do you prefer, the book or the movie? Like, let's go to your favorite, uh, your favorite in that genre. The book or the movie? You know, that was the same response in the first service. Everybody's the book. But like these people in Hollywood are amazing. Like they're geniuses. Like it's amazing what they can do. Why do you prefer the book? Your imagination. Because you go into this world and you are engaged in a way that you're not when you're just looking at somebody else's imagination. I, you know, as long as I'm on the movie thing, how many of you are into the Marvel movies? Raise your hand. Oh gosh, all you old people, not into the Marvel movies. Okay, I'm gonna ask the question, I'm just gonna talk to you people that like the Marvel movies, which, which I do, I may be old, but I'm not dead yet. Marvel movies, what, what super character do you want to be? Go. Wonder Woman, there you go. Back there, who's Wonder, you're Wonder Woman? <laughs> okay, someone else. Okay, The Incredible Hulk, ooh, scary. <laughs> you just want to scare people, huh? You know, I, I, th th this is a terrible thing I'm about to do, and I didn't ask Brandon Bell's permission to do this, but he's on staff, so I, I can embarrass people that are ministers on staff. Brandon Bell, back when he was in college, was quite the character. You know where this story is going, Brandon, don't you? And one infamous night, Brandon dressed in a Spider-Man costume 
and climbed on the dorm roof. So Brandon is Spider-Man, and the cops were all after him, and they never caught him. (laughs) Spider-Man, right there. Why do we like super characters? I'll tell you why. It's because there's a part of us that we just long to be free from natural limits. That we just long to, for more. We, we just long to do impossible things. And there's something very much at the, at the center of who we are that is attracted to that. The enemy wants you to stop imagining. Like Satan kills imagination. He's not creative. He hates the creation. And if he can stop you from imagining, if he can just keep you in the rut, well, he can keep you from experiencing all that God wants for you. You know, one of the most interesting books in the Bible is the book of Ezekiel. When I think of dreams, I think Ezekiel. I mean, you talk about some crazy stuff. Like, there's all kinds of crazy visions in there. I mean crazy in a very good way. Like, they're just amazing visions. My favorite is the Valley of the Dry Bones. Listen to this for imagination. Imagine having this dream. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Man, you don't want to read that at midnight. Can these bones live? And yet, you know, I, I wonder, where are the dry bones in your world? Like the, the relationship that uh, it turned into just dry bones. The, the dream that you had that, that now it's maybe dry bones. Like where you gave up and the dry bones. Can these dry bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Good answer. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you'll know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together bone to bone. Lord, I love that passage. I love that passage. 
Don't tell me that God doesn't want us to imagine. Don't ever tell me that. And that's what a prophetic word can do. And God calls you to imagine the impossible. Because the impossible is where God is. He specializes in the impossible. He calls us to dream what is not yet. He causes us to dream of the stars. And and says, do it in my name. Do it by my power. Lord, this is a divine capability that we have. And and if we don't watch out, we lose it. I, I want to give you five, five little, little takeaways from today's lesson that relate to us as Christians and imagination. And the first is this. Don't let technology take over your imagination. You know, I love my smartphone. My smartphone and I, like, we're in a very close relationship. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, so at the point where it's, like, very difficult to imagine doing a whole lot of things without the incredibly useful help of my smartphone. But listen to this. They did a survey recently of us and our smartphones in this country. And here's what they found. Americans check their phones every 12 minutes. Every tw- Some of you, just the fact that I've said that, you're twitchy right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anybody texted me. Yeah, no? People on average bury their heads in their phones 80 times a day. People struggle to go more than 10 minutes without checking their phones. It's like, man, you guys are really struggling right now, right? One in 10 checks their phones every four minutes. We look at our phones for no purpose, but it's just, I wonder if there's something here. 31% feel anxiety when separated from their phone. One third would rather give up sex for a week than their phone for a day. Hmm. Well, we won't go there. We won't go there. 62% would rather go a week without chocolate than their phone for a day. Now, that's getting really serious. And four in ten would rather lose their voice for a day than lose their phone for a day. Well, what's going on here? What is going on here? The phone has captured our imagination. The phone is, consumes us with the imagination of others. Well, what do we need to do about that? Well, you know, I think we need to be careful. We need to be aware. We're we're not going to throw away our smartphones. They're too useful for too many things. But we need to be careful to take time alone, time away, time when we're just... We're just quiet. I I was just listening to a passage this this morning as I was, 
you know, getting ready to, to leave the house, and it was David. And he, uh, you know, just got through with a whole bunch of stuff, and it says that he sat with the Lord. And I just love that. Like, you just, you know, like, just sat with the Lord. You know, that's, that, that, that's something we can all do. Second thing, be more like a child. Pablo Picasso, the, the great artist, said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once you grow up. Childhood brain development expert Stephanie Carlson of the University of Minnesota said, says that kids spend as much as two-thirds of their time in non-reality, in imaginative play. Two-thirds. You remember like being a kid and just getting lost in the whatever it was, the dream world that you were in? We need to, to have that dream. We need to, to have that playfulness that God put in us. Third thing, remember your calling. You were called by God. That's exciting. We've got a divine calling. Don't let anything take away your imagination. Anything. Don't let somebody else hijack your imagination. And let imagination rebuild your humanity. You know, I think, I really do believe that art imitates life. And, and, and that art speaks to longings that we have. I, I remember, you know, do you remember, like, for a while we had all those movies, all those, well, movies and TV shows about angels. I think there's a reason for that. I think that we, we just long for the transcendent. We, we just long to be in touch with God and in that direct kind of a way. But right now, we're, we're sort of off, off of angels and we've got all these zombie movies and zombie TV shows. Have you noticed that? Like, like why are we so into zombies right now? I'll tell you why I think we're into zombies. Because we're living in a zombie culture. We're living in a zombie culture. You know, and it's like we're just all, all going along, just all together. And then, and then like the great adventure starts when people just decide, you're not going to make me a zombie. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll fight. I'll go to all kinds of dangerous places. I'll take all kinds of risks. But I am not going to become a zombie. And we sure don't want to be zombie church. And I, and I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, I think like there's a lot of a, a zombiness in churches. And, and, and it's, it, it's easy to turn into a zombie Christian. I, I wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the imagination of God that is more than we could ask or imagine kind of Christian.
And that's what he's calling us to. And that's what he's calling us to this year because there is more. There is more. God has so much more for you. So much more. And I challenge you, like as you leave here today, as you enter this week, imagine. Imagine what you maybe haven't even dared to imagine as possible in your life. The things that you go, oh Lord, if only. And embrace those things. And, and imagine, what would, what would church, the church of your imagination, be like? Boy, I'd love to hear back from you on that one. You know, and, and don't give me like little bits and pieces things. Like, give me, like, change your heart, change the world's supernatural things. Like, things that are worthy of a God that can do anything. Man, I'd love to hear back from you on, on that. I really would. But for right now, is there, is there something in your life, in your world, that you need the power of an Ephesians 3 prayer over? Because if there is, you come to, come to me, come to one of our shepherds and their wives. But come and let's pray. Let's pray about it. And, and, and if you've got anything going in your life that you, that you need help with, just, just come on down while we stand and sing.